Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Uh, Steve Sanders is with us on the phone line right now. Uh, well-regarded, young, up-and-coming executive, formerly with the Blue Jays organization. Steve, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. I'm doing all right. Uh, how about you? Thanks well, for having me. Yeah, of course. We're, we're hanging in there, and uh, talk show hosts like me wonder, uh, how does an organization get better during a pandemic? I can only imagine, right? You, you take over as a regime. Uh, you want to do all these things. You have your checklist. You get into spring training, by all accounts, making great headway, and then this. Yeah, no doubt. I think, um, you know, look, I think like everybody right now, this is certainly a challenge, and uh you know, it's no different for, for baseball or for the Pirates specifically. But, you know, I think first and foremost, our focus has, uh, you know, firstly been on, on our people and, and the safety of our players and our employees and our, our fans um, and, and everybody associated with the game. So I think first and foremost, our focus has been on making sure everybody's safe, um, that they're comfortable, that they're in a good place with friends and family. Um, and then obviously as, as it, you know, relates to the season and, and getting back on the field, I think we're doing everything we can to stay engaged, um, using a lot of the same technology. I think that people are learning about, you know, during this time with, with Zoom calls and FaceTimes and a lot of conference calls. Um, and, and obviously it's, it's tough to maintain, um, you know, operations as usual under these difficult times, but I think it forces us to get creative. Um, a lot of communication going on and, and obviously juggling a couple timelines, some a little bit more certain than others, preparing for an upcoming draft, um, you know, obviously making sure our major league players are staying in shape and ready to go um, for, for when we're able to get back on the field. So, so definitely a challenge, but I think, uh, you know, one that we're collaborating with across, you know, with people all the way across the organization to, uh, to try to get through this. Well, how are you getting better? Can you share me a success story or an, an aha moment that you said, okay, uh, as you draw it up in the dirt, this is actually uh, this is working or, or guys are getting better this way? Or is that even possible? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think it's possible. I think, you know, it's, it's definitely different. What we're dealing with right now is different. It's something that, that none of us have gone through, no matter how long you've worked in the game. Um, this is different. This is not how major league players, scouts, uh, you know, uh, ballpark operations. This is not what any of us are used to doing in, in March or April or May um, when we're used to being out at ballparks, watching players, being at games. So um, I think the first step is, is obviously for everybody to find a new sense of normal. And, and for some people, that just means managing a schedule at home of, of conference calls and, 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 and work with doing homeschool, being a father, being a, you know, a, a parent, being a, a spouse. Um, and so 
we're all adjusting to that. But I think we've seen a lot of small success stories uh, throughout the weeks, whether that's, you know, I mentioned preparing for the draft and Joe Delicari and our amateur scouting group have done a fantastic job remaining engaged. We've been able to hold some of our more standard meetings um, throughout the year uh, via teleconference, continuing to prepare and, and, and be ready. Um, you know, the, the work that Sheltie and his group have been doing to make, remain in contact with players, keep everybody up to date of their schedules and their status. Um, TT and those guys working hard to, to get the guys that were right. a little banged up when we left spring training, um, get them healthy. And, and there's been some great progress made there. I believe Todd gave an update a couple of days ago on the status of guys like Holmes and Brault coming back. Um, so, again, small ways while we'd like to see the successes right now happening on the field, um, I think you know we're certainly finding them in other places and feel like we'll be in a really good place when, uh, when baseball comes back. Sports Radio 93.7, the fan, Bucko Talk. Um, so uh, the, the assistant general manager to Ben Sherrington, Steve Sanders, is with us. The role, Steve, of the uh, AGM in the game of baseball has grown how, it's changed how, and it's become, I think, a much more prominent position than maybe five, seven years ago. Yeah, you know, that's a good question, Dan. I think um, I, I think my, my response to that would probably be that I think the game and, and a lot of positions are changing. Um, I, I think the GM position has evolved. Um, I think front office structures have evolved over time. And um, to be honest, I think it's, it's less about one position, less about my role or title with the Pirates, and, and more about a group of us working together to solve a lot of really complex you know, uh, issues and, and, and puzzles, so to speak. So I think in my role, um, you know, I, I look at my role as being a resource for not just Ben, but for, you know, everybody in the organization and, and vice versa. If there's things that, you know, I can help us move along a little bit in, I, I think that's, you know, something that I'd be very proud of and, and happy to contribute to. At the same time, I'm learning from guys throughout the organization up and down. So um, really, I think, you know, Ben, Kevin Graves, myself, and then, you know, like I mentioned, guys like Joe Delicari, Junior Biscayno, Stevie Williams, Larry Broadway, um, Brian Stroh, working hand-in-hand on, on really everything. Um, so there's, there's a lot of cross-department collaboration, whether that's in the draft and something like the trade deadline, managing the Major League roster, Steve um, Sanders, stuff uh, like the, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Steve Sanders, the uh, new Pirates uh, general manager, didn't mean to, to, to jump on your toes there. Uh, coming from the Toronto organization where you worked uh, essentially as the amateur scouting director for the Blue Jays, you mentioned the draft a couple of times as you continue to work there. It sounds like certainly, Steve, that you are uh, very much involved in this, and we do know that it's going to have a different look to it, uh, maybe permanently. Perhaps the draft and how it's uh, configured is going to change moving forward. Uh, in a vacuum, uh, what does it do to a small market organization like the Pirates who uh, basically rely on the pipeline that the amateur draft provides, the fact that you trim that down? Uh, it seems as if the, a small market team would once again be put at a disadvantage under this new structure. Yeah, you know, I think uh, well, I, I think you touched on something there that the, the draft is absolutely of the utmost importance to us, and and Joe and his staff, you know, over the last few years and, and continuing into this year's preparation, have put us in a great position to continue to add to that pipeline. So, um, it, it's certainly something that we pour a lot of resources into that that we care very deeply about, um, and is is incredibly important to our sustained long term success. So, any changes that get made to the draft, whether they're 
um, under the circumstances of this year um, or, or in future years. We're, we're definitely, we have to be prepared. Um, obviously, it'll affect all 30 teams. It may affect some teams differently. But the reality is, is I think we'll, we'll adapt, we'll adjust, um, and we'll continue to prioritize doing whatever we need to to make sure that in the amateur acquisition space, uh, both internationally and domestically in the draft, that, that we're prepared to, uh, you know, to do what we need to, 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 to maintain that talent pipeline, as you said, because it's incredibly important to the long-term success of our team on the major league field. So does this new structure, does it particularly put the Pirates uh, or other small market teams, not just the Pirates, at a, at a disadvantage? I mean, uh, I, I would assume, Steve, that that, that that is the case, or am I misguided there? Well, I think we don't have a whole lot of clarity quite yet on exactly what the structure is going to look like. So I think, you know, we're, we're probably reserving judgment, I would say, at this point to know a little bit more about exactly what it's going to look like. Um, you know, look, as you mentioned, I think we're looking to maintain as many opportunities as possible to bring young, young talent into the organization, hand them over to our development group, and, and let them go to work. So um, obviously the potential for any shortening of the draft could, could impact that to some degree. Obviously um, how much that happens, how they do it, um, potential changes to to other parts of the game and, and the minor league system. I think they'll all go hand in hand, and I think we trust that Major League Baseball will will uh, you know come to a resolution that that works best for for the game and, and hopefully all 30 teams. And I'm confident the Pirates will uh, will be in a great spot regardless. Steve Sanders, uh, assistant general manager uh, to Ben Charrington with the Pirates, uh, his first year with the organization, uh, formerly the Blue Jays. Uh, amateur scouting director. So you get the players into the system, Steve, and they go through the minor leagues as we perhaps knew them. Minor league baseball seems like it is going to be changing, and with this pandemic, uh, basically the plan of contracting a, a good chunk of, especially the short season and lower level teams, seems as if it's now all but certain to happen. And for those uh, uninitiated with that original plan, uh, we're going to see, uh, or at least baseball largely, wanted to consolidate the minor league system. Uh, where do you fall on that, Steve? Uh, do you think that it's beneficial to keep the system as we've known it for years, or does some form or fashion of a consolidation in, in, in at the minor league level need to take place? Yeah, that's a tough question, Dan. I mean, it's uh, I, I probably can't comment on, on sort of a specific uh, opinion in regards to sort of what the right thing to do is. To be honest, I probably don't have enough information to come to that conclusion. But what I can say is that I think myself, as well as the Pirates, um, prioritize the importance of developing young talent. So as you said, um, you know, any changes to the structure of the minor league system could impact young players coming into the system, either through the draft or international um, signings. And, and regardless of what mechanisms or what systems we have in place, whether that's, you know, an affiliate at a short season level or in a different place or down in Bradenton, um, our goal is going to be obviously to work with our player development staff to make sure that those players have whatever resources they need to get better. Because as you said, regardless of any changes that could happen on the minor league side, uh, we're still going to have those players coming in through those acquisition uh, areas, and, and, and we're still going to be deeply reliant upon making sure that we do everything we can and provide them the resources they need uh, to get better and be impactful players at the major league level. So, it's, again, it's, it's one of many uh, 
unknowns at this point, um, which is, I think, one of the realities that we're all just coming to grasp this, whether it's, you know, the, the changes to this year's draft, the major league season, the possibility of, of, like you said, some changes on the minor league level. So I think right now we're, we're trying to learn more, and, and if and when something does change, we'll, we'll obviously have to adapt, but we're certainly preparing for the possibility and, and working through ways that we can continue to get better, you know, regardless of what the structure is. Well, let me ask you this then, Steve. Is it is it better to have more players in a minor league system, or is it better to consolidate efforts from the standpoint of you know, we have our, our, our top guys, guys that we feel really good about. Let's concentrate and focus our efforts on those particular players that can make an impact at the major league level. Does it does it make your focus more acute would be my question. Sure. And and I think um, I think the answer is it's probably a balance, right? I think um, there, there's obviously benefits to both sides. If we're looking to produce impact major leaguers, obviously the more players with that type of potential – that we can bring into the system and expose to our culture and our resources, um, you know, that, that will help. I think at the same time, the other thing you mentioned, just, you know, a lot like being in school, right, class size and the, the availability of resources and the accessibility of coaches, um, the amount of one-on-one instruction, all of those things can be a little bit easier to, uh, to capture in smaller groups. So I think, I think what we're constantly searching for, and, and even under the current structure as it relates to, minor league camps, instructional leagues, things like that, hitting strength camps, is always striking that balance. So it's, it's making sure that, that we can bring as many players into the organization as possible um, that we feel have the potential to help us at the major league level. Um, but it's not just a numbers game. It's not just a quantity game. It's not about hoarding those players and then hoping they get better. It's about actively working to make them better. And, and obviously to do that, we need to have the resources at the development level um, and, and small enough numbers, you know, whether it's in a more intimate setting at a camp or even just at one of our affiliates to, to really get in there and work with those players on an individual basis to do everything we can to, to fulfill their potential with the Pirates. Wrapping up with uh, Steve Sanders, assistant general manager to Ben Charrington, uh, first year with the Buccos after uh, a good bit of time with the Toronto Blue Jays. So everything that we've kind of discussed here over the last 10, 15 minutes or so, Steve, um, this is all happening in a regime's first year. Regime wants to come in, you want to evaluate, you want to make headway and figure out, I guess, which direction uh, you want to take your organization. How much has this pandemic and this pause, and I I don't want this to be phrased in in a negative light here because it's not intended to be a negative question, but more so just a realistic where you guys are at, has it put you as an organization behind the eight ball considering how important a first year is when you have a regime change? Yeah, no, I think that's a fair question, Dan. And, and, and the answer, I think, is no. I, I think it's, it's different. It's absolutely different. And I think to acknowledge anything less would be, you know, would be probably looking past the obvious. I don't think, I don't think any of us expected this is what we'd be doing, um, you know, what we thought would be about a month into our major league season. And um, certainly for myself, I, this is certainly not how I expected to be spending my first April with the ball club. But, you know, I think we've been able, like I mentioned earlier, I think we've been able to find victories in some other places. I think, you know, communication with other, you know, front office members, our scouts, our coaches um, has been great. I do feel like I've gotten to know, uh, you know, a lot of the people I work with, maybe in a little bit of a different way than, than had we been out at the field together every day. Um, and and it's, it's unfortunate we haven't been able to do that. But like I said, 
Um, ben has done an outstanding job in terms of leading this group through a very difficult time, as has Travis and Bob and the leadership that this group has shown um, to try to help bring this group together um, and, and, and work together during a difficult time, not only to be ready when we come out of this, but, you know, like I said, we are new and we are working on forming a lot of those relationships. And I feel like those have continued to come a long way, even under the circumstances. So, um, you know, we're, it, it's certainly different and, and we're going to have to continue to adapt. And I don't think we know exactly how the next couple of weeks or couple of months are going to shake out. Um, but we're working hard every day to talk and be ready um, to, to, to jump when, when it comes. And, and uh, you know, we're certainly excited about the things that lie ahead for this group. Yeah, no doubt, uh, Steve. Uh, appreciate everything. Uh, so I'm, I'm a West Virginia guy, play-by-play guy. You drafted Alec Manoa uh, in that first round uh, from WVU last year. So you got a good one there with the uh, w- when you were with the Blue Jays. So so well done on that front. <laughs> Thank you very much. He's uh, Alec's a great kid, and, and he's going to be a really good pitcher for the Blue Jays up there in the uh, in the AL East, we think, in a couple of years. So certainly excited to, to see him develop and a uh, fun guy to watch. Yeah, a big personality for sure. Hey, Steve, uh, appreciate the time, great insights, uh, and all the luck uh, in the world here. We will uh, be doing this again. I appreciate, again, everything that uh, you've been able to offer here to uh, to our listeners, and, and we'll be in touch. Absolutely, Dan. Thanks again. Stay safe, and I uh, appreciate you having me on. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.